So much has happened. Oh my goodness. But welcome back to the Life is Purpose podcast with my favorite Bethany and Ryan Bomber. <laughs> I don't know why I was saying. I, I, I should know better. It. I should know better. It's all good. <laughs> it's a joyful noise I make. <laughs> I love the joyful noise. Mm. And so do so so does our audience. Come on. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> keeps you keeps you turning tuning back you, in. Every He's singing week. everything. <laughs> and my and my daughter telling me that. I should probably not sing. <laughs> I don't think she meant that. I think she did, but it's okay. I can handle it. I still like to sing. I'm more of a choir person, less of a soloist, and I can handle that. I can definitely handle that. All my years of singing it, you know, in choirs gospel and choir. gospel choir, and you could just belt it out. And right. yeah, I, I can deal with that. Not everybody needs to be a sol- soloist. No. They just don't. No, that's why we're like, we're the, we're the body. We all have different specializations. Yeah, we do. Well, babe, let's get focused here because, you know, I think back to um, just over the last six months and, and why it's been so long since we've been on, but it's been an incredible challenge for us on a deeply on a personal level. Yeah. Back in September, you know, I, I shared with you guys that I lost my mother and my grandma unexpectedly within 36 hours of each other. And that Ryan, was... you, honey, nearly died on October 12th from pulmonary embolism with a blood clot in each lung. Yeah. And I will say for the record that we got great news about a week ago that you're really on the road to recovery and God yes. is with us and he's taking us on a road we never thought we would go on, but we're finding answers yeah. to questions we didn't even know we had. So I'm sticking by the latter will be greater than the former and that your healing will be made complete. Yeah. And then in addition to that, just kind of continuing the the craziness of the last six months, several weeks ago, I lost my amazing father who battled Parkinson's for 12 years. And he was a victim like millions of others Mm -hmm. in our nation's nursing homes. And you know that the whole lockdown that that they put all these homes into and basically they put their residents in solitary confinement. And my dad had to go through that as well. And it w- it's been really hard not being able to see, you know, your loved one for almost a year. Yeah. And so grief is a painful thing, uh, yeah. but it's also a powerful reminder of how much my dad loved his family and how deeply we all loved him while we were walking through this it's amazing how many just memories come back and flood your soul as you walk through the grief process and i think that we no longer have to make decisions about how to react to things in the present so we have to look back at the past and we have such great memories and um and the only other thing is to look to the future and we know that that will be a, a wonderful reuniting 
when the time comes yeah. in heaven. But it's interesting how grief pushes you to to step out of the present and look back and look forward. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff to look back on. I love my dad like crazy, and the funeral was so beautiful, hon. It yeah. was. It was precious, and everyone felt the same about your dad. Yeah, everyone, family, employees, community. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was just like the common thread that we just kept hearing over and over again that he was just really selfless and cared very deeply on a personal level about individuals. <laughs> and you can actually read an amazing tribute to Ryan's father, Henry Bombaker, at radiance.life forward slash my dad. That's radiance.life forward slash my dad. Just have tissues in hand. Yeah. On the next show, uh, I'll share some memories of an incredible man who embodied what it meant to be pro-life. I mean, a father who adopted and loved 10 children in addition to three biological children. Yep, and that's really why you are who you are today, yeah. babe. The love of my life. That's yeah. me. That's me. Can we stick around for a long time? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> can't imagine doing life without you, babe. I'm praying God gives us long and healthy lives. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's look at what's going on. You know, how do you think 2021 really started out? How do you think it's going so far? I mean, everybody just was dreaming about 2020 to be over as if we were going to close our eyes and wake up and the, there would have been like a cultural light switch flipping in another direction. And that's not really what happened. Yeah, I think it started off with a rough start. Yes. <laughs> so we had a, a presidential inauguration, mm. a fast food impeachment, <laughs> a set of acquittal, and apparently COVID doesn't care which party Gosh. is in power. It's still killing thousands of Americans every day, if we're to believe all the stats. But let's go, let's go back a little bit since uh, we've been on hiatus for a while. And let's just talk about the presidential inauguration. Yeah. Joe Biden, yep, who was sh sworn in as our 46th and oldest president. Oh, but hold on. Joseph Robinette Biden. Is that his name? I've never met anyone who had a, a guy who had a middle name, or a woman for that matter, of Robinette. That's um, interesting. No, very yeah, interesting. Okay. Right. Well, Kamala Harris was sworn in as vice president. It was the first inauguration in our lifetime under what looked like a China or Russia right? style military presence with walls up everywhere, highly militarized police, over 20,000 armed National Guard. Um, the it was streets crazy. were empty. It was crazy. A friend of mine was showing me footage. He and his son were riding through D.C. And, it, you know, you had the walls. Apparently walls do work. Right. <laughs> Go figure. Mm. <laughs> but it's it was funny. just empty. Mm. It was just eerily empty. And actually, it's just sad. But don't worry. Politicians who told Americans to stay home traveled right. great distances <laughs> to be part of the elite few who were allowed to attend the inauguration. Mm. Well, despite, that. <laughs> yeah, right. Double standard is going to be the theme for the next few years. Double standard will be the standard. Right. And despite relentless attacks on conservatives, especially evangelicals. Like us. Yeah. Throughout the last four years, Biden continues his call for unity. Mm, unity. Yeah. Well, it's not so much unity. It's more submission. I really think that we could replace the word unity with submission and we can be at peace with those who we disagree with 
meaning that we're not engaged in physical conflict or verbal vitriol, but we're not called as Christians to unite with an ideology that is anti-righteousness. We can't unite with evil. We won't submit to evil, no matter if it takes the form of a political party, racial theory, uh, social justice movement that counters biblical truths. We just won't do it. And Biden, who invokes his Christian faith over and over Mm -hmm. again, acts in complete contradiction to his espoused beliefs. Mm -hmm. So he says unity all the time. I don't think we have the same definition or understanding of unity. No. We don't, and we won't bow. I want to play a clip from the inauguration that defies the anti-First Amendment stance of the president and the Democrat Party. Listen to this. At this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. (laughs) Right. Well, here's the deal. You can't hear one another. You can't listen to one another. You can't see one another. Nope. You can't show respect to one another if you're censored. Right? I mean, what kind of insanity is this? No. You know, big tech and the Democrat Party have been celebrating the suppression of conservative voices. Including us. Yeah. Tons of times us. Purging people, purging companies from their platforms. The DNC has benefited from big tech's collusion to suppress an outright censorship over the past few years and especially the last few months. So here we go again. Yeah, this is what people don't seem to understand, especially when if you're on the left and you're advocating for this kind of censorship, this China style censorship, Hmm. what happens when, you know, a different political party is in power? You want to have your voice completely silenced? Of course not. There is no America without free speech. Mm -mm. Funny how the same companies who demand that every company serve everyone and everything and every cause, but they have no problem treating Americans with an eerily reminiscent, separate and unequal approach. Yeah. I mean... These are the same companies that said, you know, the bakers, the florists, the photographers, the videographers, they all have to serve everybody and everything, but they have no problem cutting out people because they disagree with their belief system. Yeah. Frightening. It's actually frightening. And here's the thing. In in a prescient speech called A Plea for Free Speech in Boston, slavery abolitionist and childhood hero of Mm. mine, hero of the Radiance Foundation, (laughs) Frederick Douglass declared this, quote, equally clear is the right to hear. To suppress free speech is a double wrong. Mm. It violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. It is just as criminal to rob a man of his right to speak and Mm -hmm. hear as it would be to rob him of his money. Wow. Life has purpose. Life is never picture perfect. Human beings come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, and abilities. No matter how much we plan, no matter how much we think we're prepared, the unplanned happens all the time. It's how we respond to the unexpected that shows our true humanity. But many do not see the value of every human life. Too many are willing to discard those who don't fit the picture of perfection. Abortion destroys the chance to love to be loved. We never know what will fill the frames of our lives or how empty those frames can be when we allow exceptions. Every life is a gift. Listen 
Download and subscribe at lifehaspurpose.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. So let's talk about President Biden's priorities. And let's start first with what's become standard operating procedure for many presidents, issuing executive orders. So President Biden has signed more executive orders in his first week than any other president in history. Yeah. From January 21st through today, Biden has signed 31 executive orders. In that same time frame, just putting things in context, Trump signed 12, Obama signed 15, and George W. Bush signed three. Gosh. Notice a difference? Yes, just slightly. And just just an FYI for our listeners, presidents are not legislators. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, there are three branches of government, the legislative, the judiciary, and the executive. And the president is in the third branch and is given the power to veto or sign legislation into law. He's not given the power to legislate, and that was for a reason. Yeah, both parties have abused the power of the executive branch, both of them. Yeah. And their their abuse of using executive orders. Yeah, exactly. Although the abuse here seems to be One-sided. exponential <laughs> compared One-sided. to the others. I right. mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. Right. Well, what is an executive order? Could you break that down? <laughs> I could because okay. the American Bar Association defines them this way. It says, quote, an executive order is a signed, written, and published directive from the President of the United States that manages operations of the federal government. Executive orders are not legislation say that again executive (laughs) orders are not legislation they require no approval from congress and congress cannot simply overturn them congress may pass legislation that might make it difficult or even impossible to carry out the order such as removing funding only a sitting u.s president may overturn an existing executive order by issuing another executive order to that effect and this is basically what's been happening Presidents are legislating because Congress often fails to act. And so there you have a president. This is both Republican and Democrat. And we see so many more executive orders. We're going to, I I guarantee you, we will see the most executive orders out of this Biden-Harris administration. And can I just interject right here for a second? It's interesting. I've been reading in in, in this theme in my Bible time about the spirit of lawlessness right. and how we're watching this happen when we when we talk about governors who are, are saying things that declaring them as law and they're not law. And now we're watching this. When, when the law is challenged, there's a reason there's laws in place. Right. The spirit of lawlessness leads us to just become delusional and not know right from wrong or be able to hear it. Right. It's chaos. Yeah. Right. And that's how you transform things. Things get transformed in the chaos. People often think, oh, well, transformation is something that happens. It's it's like a beautiful thing, like a butterfly. Well, there are other forms of transformation too. It's true. And they're not so beautiful. And unfortunately, right. we're, we're witnessing that right now. Right. And with these executive orders, just in the first day, Biden signed a slew of executive Jeez. orders as soon as he was sworn in. Right. Um, For, the, let's just go down the list of yeah, some of them. Yeah, let's just do this. Okay? We're just going to go through some of them because it'll be enough to handle just some of them. But... Um, one executive order allows people here illegally to be counted in the nation's census, which determines congressional seats, federal funding, and so much more. Yep. Another executive order or EO blocked funding for the U.S. border walls. But there again, remember all the walls in D.C. during the inauguration? More than we've so, ever seen. And they went ever. up weeks ago. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. they apparently worked. It's amazing. It, when you want to keep certain things out. 
Right. It, it works. Now, I'm going to say this about illegal immigration. This is not denigrating the value of human life. Absolutely It has not. nothing to do with that. Every human life is, is equal and, and, and has this intrinsic value. It's not about that. It is about law. Because yes. without law, and when we don't enforce the law that exists, we mm-hmm. have chaos. Right. And, and then you have people's lives devalued in the chaos. With illegal immigration, for instance, the devaluing comes from all the trafficking, the sex trafficking, the slave trafficking. Um, there is so much that's going on that Democrats do not want to talk about when right. we talk about illegal immigration, as if it's all just, you know, as with everything else, rainbows and glitter. It's just, they want to ignore the reality. Anyway, some more right, EOs. Right, right. Well, for, forcing us back into climate change that whole con that is the Paris Accords. It is It has become a religion. They, they keep talking about how they're pro-science and this is from the same party that doesn't recognize the biological science that human beings begin at conception. But yes, and another EO. Oh, this is going to be great because if we didn't think we were already fixated with race, this <laughs> fake human construct of race, we are now going to hear it 24-7, 365 because he signed a racial equity EO that will, quote, pursue a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all well actually they don't really mean all but including people of color which we are all colors but that's that aside and others who have been historically underserved marginalized and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality it affirmatively advances equity civil rights racial justice and equal opportunity and it's the responsibility according to the eo of our whole government mm, end quote yeah but this doesn't include, of course, the, the most, most marginalized, right? right? The mm-hmm. most marginalized minorities, black babies in the womb. Those of my complexion who are killed at rates five times higher than the majority population. Of course, abortion is a tragedy no matter the beautiful mm-hmm. hue of your skin. But I guess um, systemic racism only applies when you want it to. Sort of to piggyback on that one, I'm going to share this one, Biden reversed Trump's EO banning critical race theory from being forced upon federal employees. So guess what? (laughs) All you white federal employees, you're now all racist again. Oh, really? (laughs) 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 What does it even mean to be racist anymore? What they've done is they've taken something that is so evil. Racism is evil. It Mm -hmm. is a sin. But they have trivialized it. They have abused it so much to where it basically is just a response to anybody that doesn't agree with your point of view. Oh, you're a racist. Right. And allows you to okay. just people put people in a mass group and no longer look at them as individuals. And when you do that, things become scary. Speaking of scary, this to me is the scariest part. As a as a parent, you know, we're parents of four children. Our kids are not in public school right now, but there are millions and millions of precious children in public school. Biden's new EO a directive, um, it's a policy, as it says here, quote, it's it is the policy of my administration to prevent and combat discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual mm-hmm. orientation, end quote. So his EO mandates that all federal agencies abide by Title VII in the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that according to Biden and five Supreme Court justices who ignored the clear and actual text of the legislation legislation uh, prohibits discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation. So what they said is the Civil Rights Act of 64, when used the word sex, that of course they meant back in 1964, sexual orientation and gender identity. No, they didn't. But it didn't matter because unfortunately, Justice Neil Gorsuch, who was appointed by Trump, actually decided that he was going to add a new meaning to the word and new intention to the legislators at that point. But this has a huge impact, especially on education and on public schools, because they are going to push hard 
yeah. this ideology, the pseudoscience of transgenderism on children, kindergarten through K through 12. And we know, and we've said this before, this is a direct assault on the identity of Christ in each of us. He determined so many things about us. Our DNA is just stacked with the things that make us individuals. And there's so much beauty in women understanding the revelation of God and being a woman and men the same way. Right. And women are just like my wifey right here. They are beautifully and biologically different. And so this this all plays into the whole thing with erasing women in sports. It will literally because he is he is one hundred percent advocating that boys who choose to identify as a as a girl with no no proof of any kind of issues, no actual medication or anything like that, which is all horrible anyway. Those puberty blockers are carcinogenic and they 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 are so destructive. Yeah, but it's it, scary. It is it is an effort to actually erase women from sports. Because, like it or not, although we are equal, we are not the same. We are not. And boys and girls compete differently because our bodies are different, which is why boys tend to be faster, boys tend to be stronger. You put boys and girls sports, and we've we've seen it in Connecticut. That's what the current lawsuit with Alliance Defending Freedom is all about. Mm-hmm. And these two boys wiped clean the girls in, in these races. Yeah. And that will happen over and over again. How is that empowering any woman? It's not. And not only that, it's not empowering folks that are truly struggling with their own identity. Right. This isn't helping them to find the freedom that is there for them. It's actually um, suppressing what would be their ability to walk out freedom from confusion and we just you know our hearts are for people who are dealing with the confusion and the shame and different things that have happened that have caused them to question their sexuality but this is not um, a way to deal with it that's going to bring success while this is just the start of the flood of executive orders there are radical moves Biden will take in regards to erasing protections for the unborn indoctrinated public school children with lgbtq activism the pseudoscience yes it's it's heartbreaking when we come back we'll play some clips of biden expressing exactly what he believes yeah the famed late poet Maya angelou once said when someone shows you who they are believe them the first time well in biden's case you might want to wait until the second or third time (laughs) well life has Every week, Ryan's articles appear on various news outlets. Each week, we'll feature one of his latest commentaries. It's time for some fearless factivism. PolitiFact lies, fake news denies, and Black Lives Matter thrives. What do you do when you want someone to think they're getting a different product or service, even though it's the same thing? You rebrand it. For mainstream media, it's calling something a fact check, and it's increasingly used to pretend their lies are still true. That's exactly what PolitiFact did in its effort to compare the many, many, many Black Lives Matter riots with the recent Capitol riot. Just for context, PolitiFact was created by the Tampa Bay Times, but Tampa Bay Times and PolitiFact are owned by the Leftist Pointer Institute, which is responsible for Facebook's bogus fact-checking regime. Ah, clarity. The recent and horrific storming of the Capitol by a crazed handful of pro-Trump supporters cannot be justified or revised. 
Funny how a few rioters somehow define all Trump supporters, but thousands of BLM rioters in cities thrown into chaos don't define a movement. The Capitol breach was a despicable act of violence that directly led to the deaths of two people, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian D. Sicknick, who was fatally injured by the mob, and rioter Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by police inside the building. Many articles are claiming five deaths or six deaths, but there are no details as to the cause of the other reported deaths. All involved in the attack should be arrested and prosecuted. As a Christian, I abhor violence, and I reject it as a means to achieve a political end. Yet so many seem to suffer amnesia of the anarchy that has gripped our nation for the past six years under the banner of Black Lives Matter. Since its emergence in 2014 and no better handled under the Obama-Biden administration, we've heard nothing but justifications, praises, and denials from mainstream media about the massive destruction caused in the name of racial equality. Funny, I don't feel any more equal. PolitiFact immediately suggests the alleged difference in responses was, drumroll please, racism, quote, and there is no escaping that the people the police faced looked different in the two situations, end quote. Those hardworking fact checkers proclaim, well, of course, in an act of fake news delusion, PolitiFact paints an innocent picture of the Black Lives Matter chaos in D.C. during the summer. PolitiFact only refers to BLM activists as protesters and demonstrators. They certainly didn't extend the same graciousness to Trump supporters who were referred to as rioters 11 times. Biden is quoted as calling them a mob of thugs, a description he never once gave to the thousands of BLM rioters across the country that left cities in smoldering ruins this past summer. Perhaps he missed all the unbiased news coverage while tucked away in his basement. This is the only statement PolitiFact issued in regard to BLM rioters' actions. Quote, Tensions flared when some protesters stopped at the White House, pushing down metal barriers that separated them from law enforcement before the march continued on through the city. End quote. Hashtag fake news. The rest of the BLM description was filled with details about the implied excessive local and federal police response, detailing the numbers and the type of anti-riot equipment without providing any context of why it was necessary. PolitiFact summed up the BLM DC riots this way, quote, the crackdown was aggressive, but no protesters or police died in the district, end quote. Oh, okay. Shouldn't a fact check include all the relevant facts? How about the widespread violence, the arson, including the fire set in the basement of the historic St. John's Episcopal Church, the looting and destruction of businesses, vandalism of federal monuments, demonstrators, or so-called demonstrators, assaulting law enforcement officers and over 60 Secret Service officers injured? Nationwide, more than 700 law enforcement officers were injured in BLM peaceful protests across the country following George Floyd's tragic death. Some were killed like retired police captain David Dorn, whose black life didn't seem to matter to the movement. Hundreds of stores were looted from Santa Monica to Chicago to New York City. The Insurance Information Institute labeled the riots a, quote, multi-city catastrophe event, end quote, and also, quote, the costliest civil disorder in history, end quote. Axios reported that the massive damage resulting from mostly peaceful BLM protests exceeded $2 billion. Perhaps that explains a heavy police presence. Then, as if someone were submitting a paper for a high school creative writing class, PolitiFact strangely switches gears to provide vibrant details about Trump supporters' struggles against the police, 
saying, quote, But as soon as one person decided to press on, the momentum swelled. The marchers and officers struggled over control of the barricade. The weight of the crowd soon sent officers sprawling backwards, end quote. The article then proceeds by timestamp to detail the play-by-play of the inexplicably, at least for now, easy and violent breach of the Capitol building. Here's a reality check. Cities like Portland and Minneapolis look like war zones. It's okay. It's social justice. I'm amused at how a Vox writer accurately, though unintentionally, exemplified the left's hypocrisy in two different articles. The first, about Black Lives Matter, is entitled... Riots are destructive, dangerous, and scary, but can lead to serious social reforms. The subtitle continued, To prevent more violent uprisings and protests, we need to take their causes seriously. Hmm. His take on the pro-Trump Capitol riot, however, had a slightly different tone, as he entitled it, Every person who forced their way into the Capitol should be arrested. The subtitle was even more subtle. Lock them all up. Yes, there are two radically different responses. The explanation isn't racism, but it is color. I call it black privilege. The explanation is also political. I call it liberal privilege. Despite numerous deaths, cities burning, more racial division, looting, vast destruction, and calls for black power and the defunding of police, corporations shelled out millions to the Black Lives Matter movement. In the wake of the politically dubbed capital insurrection, Corporate America has gone out of its way to denounce conservatives, show outrage over deaths all of a sudden, get a conscience about violence against law enforcement, and feign disgust over damage to government property. Suddenly, law and order matter. Civil behavior matters. But it doesn't ever seem to matter when it comes to Black Lives Matter. It's not us versus them. It's not black versus white. It's wrong versus right. Anyone who doesn't get this doesn't understand the nature of sin and the chaos and confusion it always creates. Sin doesn't discriminate by color. It will occupy any heart that welcomes it in. I'm Ryan Bomberger. You can find this op-ed at radiance.life slash politifactlies. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. I don't get it. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Truth over facts? Uh, a fact is actually true. From Oxford Dictionary, a fact is a thing that is known to be true, especially when it can be proved. Uh, but if, if you don't recognize the truth, how will you recognize the facts that are comprised of the truth? Oh, my goodness. But see, this Biden has a long history of, how shall we say, um, not exactly telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And this is not about slamming him or demonizing him. This is just about the facts. This is about our commander in chief and someone who, you know, there are lots of pastors celebrating the inauguration of of you know, President Biden and saying how he was the moral choice. Well, how moral is this? There's a great article actually from CNS News that just breaks down Biden's flip-flops on abortion. Now, Biden, of course, who is Catholic, claims to be Catholic, uh, Catholic teaching is not pro-abortion. It is deeply 
and inarguably pro-life. Right. And Biden used to be to, to he used to be pro-life. He used to believe that abortion was immoral. He said in 1973 that Roe had gone too far. Right. But then in 1974, he says that women seeking an abortion should not have the sole right to say what should happen to her body. Yep. And then in 1976, he voted for the Hyde Amendment. Just yep. so you know, the Hyde Amendment was it, it disallowed any federal funds, taxpayer dollars to go to pay for an abortion except for in case of the life of the mother or rape and incest Mm -hmm. then in 82 he votes for a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn roe v wade but then the next year he voted against a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn roe v wade oh it just keeps going right 1995 through 2003 he votes six times to ban partial birth abortion and in 2007 when he was running basically mm-hmm. as the vice president, he denounces the Supreme Court's ruling upholding the ban on partial birth abortion. Yeah. It, we could go on and on, yeah. leading to his present position of fully taxpayer-funded abortion on demand with zero restrictions. Zero. So um, considering the new Supreme Court nomination of Amy um, Coney Barrett, What are your particular plans to protect women's reproductive rights in the U.S.? Number one, we don't know exactly what she will do, although the expectation is that she may very well move to overview, overrule Roe. And but the only thing, the only responsible response to that would be to pass legislation making Roe the law of the land. That's what I would do. Well, I'm praying that that doesn't happen. And I read somebody on Facebook today who was saying, wouldn't it be miraculous if Roe was turned over while he was president? How ironic would that be? I don't know what the chances are, but we believe in miracles. And in Jesus' name, may it not be law of the land. And now Biden has just signed an EO reversing the Mexico City policy, which barred taxpayer dollars from funding Overseas NGOs, which are non-government organizations like mm-hmm. International Planned Parenthood Federation, UNFPA, and others from promoting or committing abortions in their international programs. Mm-hmm. I guess this is what pro-life evangelicals for Biden meant when they said he would reduce abortion, SMH. I know. Don't worry. Biden's a devout Catholic. <laughs> I, think they, I think they mean in doubt Catholic. <laughs> That's really funny. A Catholic who doubts the most fundamental truths of faith, funny like the sanctity funny. of human life. Right. I mean, really. Okay, so in this next clip, it is candidate Biden talking about uh, transgenderism and a woman's asking a question about her eight-year-old child. And, of course, President Biden fully supports the pseudoscience of transgenderism. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. Okay, so let me let me understand this. So in his question about whether or not an eight-year-old who, who can't even... What kind of decisions should eight-year-olds be making? They can't even say... Like, even now, I have a 13-year-old. He has a headache. He's like, what do I do about it? You know, he doesn't know. Oh, well, don't take more than 400 milligrams of Advil. Like, he has no experience right. to, to do any of the things that really are necessary to making these decisions about, oh, now I'm going to change my gender. Right, but that's I'm a like, 13-year-old. Can you, please just, can you please just do your laundry? 
Like, can you please make a decision to put your laundry in the, in the washing machine Wait a minute, and then the dryer? How do I do that? Do I put a towel in with a sock and do I put it in with light wash and dark? Come on. They, an eight-year-old cannot make these kinds of life-altering decisions. But here in this clip, this bizarre sort of thing that, that Biden does, he ties homicides of black men who think that they're women. Um, he ties that to pushing transgenderism on a child. What in the world is the murder of of black transgender women? And by the way, I, I wrote an article about all of this. There are two articles I, I really would love you to check out uh, about these two issues. One is uh, Mario Mario, where art thou spying, O Mario? It talks about actor Mario Lopez, um, who was the you know when you go to the hotel and that movie guide thing mm -hmm. and it's extra sure. extra. Yeah. Well, he's the host of that, and of course, Saved, Saved by, by the, the Bell. Yeah, but he did a complete one eighty. When he, he denounced transgenderism being pushed on children and because of all the insane pressure from LGBT groups and fellow masters of morality in Hollywood, um, they forced him to do an abrupt reversal within moments. But you can read mm. that article. It's radiance.life slash Mario. But I also wrote an article that illuminates Biden's ridiculousness of comparing the tragic homicides of mm -hmm. these individuals pretending to be women, um, to forcing transgenderism on a young child. It's radiance.life slash LGBTV. Here's an excerpt from that article. According to pro-LGBT UCLA Williams Institute, 0.6% of the U.S. population identifies as transgender, right? 41 transgender deaths among last year's reported 14,014 homicides equates to just under 0.3% of all murders. That's that's not an epidemic. Mm -mm. That's an underrepresentation. But guess what? Facts don't engender sympathy. Mm. What happens when the hatred, by the way, comes from within? According to numerous studies, intimate partner violence or IPV is twice as high in the transgender population. But it's so much easier for people to blame others than to shine a light on themselves. Well, Let's not forget Biden has the perpetual propensity to lie. It's not really a secret. And mainstream media actually used to report on it, right? From falsely claiming he was the first in his family to attend college. Family members on his mother's side um, did too. He also claimed that he was a stellar student who graduated with three degrees. Um, roll tape. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 823 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Oh, brother. I, this, this is why so many people just said there would never be a President Biden. I mean, you would think you would be disqualified over and over again. Right. The plagiarism that he was found guilty of. Look, he also claimed to have gotten his start in college at an HBCU, which is a historically black college or university. Funny thing is, he didn't let the college know that he attended. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I got started out of an HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything made about Delaware State here, okay? <laughs> they're, they're my folks, but all can decide. Right from the Washington Times, quote, Vice President Biden did not attend DSU. Carlos Holmes, director of the news service for Delaware State 
told the Washington Times. However, he was the commencement keynote speaker in 2003 and 2016. And during the former, he was awarded an honorary doctoral degree. Biden then claimed he never said he started out at the HBCU. Oh when shows you when someone shows you who they are, believe, believe them, them the, the first, first time. time. I mean, this is whoever gets confused. Like, oh, I spoke. I speak at colleges. I spoke at Harvard. I, I spoke at Princeton. I spoke at you know Columbia Law School. I didn't right. confuse that with actually attending right. the school. <laughs> For the love. Well, the ninth commandment says you shall not bear false witness, which essentially means you should not lie. But I don't know. Yeah. And Colossians 3, 9 through 10 says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Hmm. God hates a lie. He despises lies. Mainstream media likes to say that these are just gaffes from silly old Joe. No. That's that's not what they are. Nothing to get in a moral bind about. That's basically what they tell us. You know, the religious left's narrative, Trump was evil, Joe's just Joe. Just gets a pass, right? Which actually brings us to this next clip. We've um, seen what the Black Lives Matter movement has brought to this nation over the past few years, especially this past summer. Um, in order to allegedly highlight racial injustice, the movement promotes racism and the prejudice of um, critical race theory in order to be anti-racist. Um, we witnessed a summer of chaos and mayhem, all encouraged and justified by Democrat mayors, governors, um, federal elected leaders. There were more needless deaths. There was more looting. There was burning of hundreds of businesses. Just like you talked about in your factivist commentary, babe, when any police officer abuses his or her authority, they should be held accountable 100%. Most of our law enforcement, though, are good. They're decent people. They're patriotic Americans. Um, they risk their lives to protect and to serve. But the left has really been crying for the defunding of the police and the abolition of prisons. These are actually two of the, the many shocking tenets of the Marxist Black Lives Matter movement's manifesto. Right, but what I wanted to share, too, was that this is Joe Biden's double speak about defunding police right he was for defunding <laughs> before he was against defunding which isn't really against defunding but just conditioning the funding what yeah. i i can't follow it but follow this right uh surplus military equipment for law enforcement they don't need that the last thing you need is an up-armored humvee coming into a neighborhood it's like the military invading they don't know anybody they become the enemy they're supposed to be protecting these people so my generic point is but that can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. So, OK, hold on. I'm, I think my brain is actually hurting because now people will say that clip was deceptively edited and they've said that. But it right. wasn't. But it, it wasn't. Was, mm -hmm. It was even fact checked, which oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> That's pretty meaningless, though, too. Right. But let's go to more words from Biden regarding defending defunding the police. Not defending, but defunding. Right. Let's not forget Biden is a master of doublespeak. In the CBS News article, this is what Biden had to say about funding police. He said, quote, no, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police. <laughs> what is that? Based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness. What? And in fact, are able to demonstrate that they can protect the community and everybody in the community. So, okay, so if that's the end of the quote, 
if you are if if their support is is based on you know certain criteria well who sets that criteria and mm-hmm. if you're conditioning federal aid, that's a really wonderful euphemism for right. you will defund, you will withhold funds, you will reallocate right. funds. Yeah. I mean, this is the... And you know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I think... And that goes for anybody. Right. We're, not just, goes, right. we're not just about we're, President we're Biden. We're talking about Biden because he's now been elected to office. And it's important that we talk about this. It's important that we understand what we're walking into. It's important that we just don't gloss over a lot of these points. I know that a lot of my brothers and sisters, we agree with you when you say, we need to pray for our president. 100%. 100%. You know, there's so much more to say from Biden's opposition to religious freedom. You know, when he vehemently disagreed with the Supreme Court ruling in favor of little sisters of the poor, that case in case people should don't never have even been a lawsuit. Yeah, never should have been uh, for the government forcing nuns to provide birth control, you know, contraceptives and abortifacients to fellow nuns who are part of their religious nonprofit. Biden is the nation's second Roman Catholic president ever to serve our nation. And I have many Catholic brothers and sisters who say <laughs> not the same Catholicism that they're following. And so, you know, it all comes down to every elected leader gets in that place because we make a decision at the ballot box. We make a decision. We know that there are times when God appoints certain leaders and we don't, you know, he steps into the, the human timeline and he particularly appoints, uh, but there are times when it is because of the result of our unwillingness to actually match our faith mm-hmm. and our values with our voting. And so here we have the opportunity and the desperate need to pray for this administration, to pray for heart changes. Yeah. And, and while staying vigilant to what is actually going on, it's not just the executive orders. Of course, now you know that Democrats are leading both houses of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And now with Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris being the um, tie-breaking vote with a Senate that is split 50-50. <sighs> We are going to have quite the 2021. Right. And so we're going to be praying for our leaders, but we're not going into this blindly, folks. We need to understand fully what is going on. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And I I 100% believe that each of us were, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We were born when we were supposed to be born. We were supposed to exist during this duration of time. So there is something that God has placed in you that is going to shine light in darkness. And I will tell you what, darkness never overtakes the light. Light will always dispel darkness. And so we are just wanting to encourage you and cheerlead for you as you go out and determine that the light of the glory of God is going to be ever present in your heart. We encourage you to stay in the word. We encourage you to stay informed about what's going on. We encourage you to see what's going on and to not allow your discouragement to take over um, the promises of God that are found in his word because he never recants his promises. Even when things look dark and ugly, he can move and he will. And I believe that we're going to see revival like we've never seen before. And it might not look like we thought it would. We (laughs) might not have a cup of coffee in our hands because we're all comfortable listening on the couch, you know, like churches that have like the couches in there, you know, with the cup of coffee and you just feel, no, 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 it's going to look radically different. And we're really, the Lord's just saying, who's, who's for me despite what's going to go on. And I say, count me in, count me in.
for now, we're just biding our time, praying for the president, vice president, and all of our elected leaders. Just because we pray for them, however, doesn't mean we won't talk about their ideology and how that clashes with what is right and what is biblical. Yes, Ephesians 5.11 have nothing to do with the wicked deeds of darkness. Nothing to do with that, but rather expose them. And, and that's our heart. Right. And it's to do it in, in truth and love. And and as always, a little dash of sarcasm. <laughs> Well, until next time, visit the Radiance Foundation to be equipped with memes, fact sheets, videos, and articles that empower you to understand what's really going on around us. Yes, the political climate is experiencing seismic shifts. Amen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we don't have to cede the moral ground. Mm -hmm. Stand firm. Speak mm -hmm. the truth. Love God. Love people. Yeah, and that about sums it up. And when you do these things, guess what? You will shift culture. Love to know what you think of the podcast. Go to lifehaspurpose.com and give us your feedback. You can also listen and download our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Remember, whatever may come your way, and no matter what people say, your, your life, life has purpose. purpose.